Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from head to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hello and welcome to This Is Brendan, episode 99, with a good friend of mine, Kobe Steele, aka professional wrestler Kobe Christ, also, or as he refers to himself, professional fall down man and student of accounting, which I realized. We didn't get into the uh, accounting side of him, but we did talk about backyard wrestling, hockey cards, living in the Maritimes, specifically Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, where he grew up, moving to Windsor for Can-Am wrestling, becoming an alcoholic, music or lack of music in his life, busking, going to the UK, a lot about Scott Demore, Limitless Wrestling, Doug Weiser, Kirby, Growth. Uh, we talk about the Kaizen Pro Wrestling Academy because Kaizen Pro Wrestling is a promotion that he helped run and is a current uh, heavyweight champion to where you can see them. They have a couple double shots coming up for the month of October. You can see Kaizen Wrestling present Halloween Trick on October 16th. It is a 19 plus event from 8 to 10 p.m. or Halloween Treat. October 17th, all ages event from 1 to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. This was recorded back in August, so it's a little bit. We talked about August, a double shot coming up. Now we're going into October. I hope you enjoy the conversation because then also, Kelby will be defending the Kaizen Pro Wrestling Championship against local Ontario, Reverso, which I believe the show will also feature Gabriel Fuerza and a couple other local guys, Young Love. That takes place November 13th. Kaizen Pro Wrestling presents full capacity at Alder Landing in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. You can follow Kobe on Twitter and Instagram at Kobe Christ. Kaizen Pro Wrestling is on Twitter at KaizenPW and Instagram at Kaizen Pro Wrestling. I hope you enjoy this great conversation that we have. We talk about morals, legacy, mortality, maps, queer representation, and uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of great stuff. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey Simon, we're fucking them up, turning them psycho. Everybody rock, let's bring the house down. To rubble and dust, cause we'll be fucking it up. Somebody say you Hello, my name is Brendan Caulfield, professional wrestler Holden Albright. A little about myself, if this is your first episode of This Is Brendan, I am currently 28 years old, residing just outside Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I am currently a professional wrestler, Holden Albright, uh, and content creator. In the past, I've done magic, stand-up, podcasting, I still do that stuff, but I've also done it in place of pro wrestling. You can follow me on all of my adventures at Holden Pro and also at Brendan C uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Brendan Caulfield, Holden Albright on Facebook. There's a page on my personal page, but I'll allow you in. Uh, for nearly 100 episodes, and actually during this week, I will reach past 100 episodes. I've had self-discovery through solo podcasts and chats with friends and people I truly care about and look up to. And you can follow along in my self-growth journey. Uh, I totally butchered that, but I'll fix it next week. If you enjoyed this content, please consider checking out my Patreon, where you will find over 300 exclusive podcast videos, daily vlogs, 
almost a podcast every day. I do a Monday to Friday uh, positivity song of the day style check. And uh, it's the beginning of the month. So no better time to get the most out of your membership at patreon.com slash Brendan C. B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E, the letter C. Because for less than $10, you get the chance at up to seven Zoom events, daily podcasts, daily vlogs exclusive merchandise opportunities and early content there's exclusive podcasts on there too i love i do abc podcast with kingdom james once a month i do a tiger and the wolf podcast there's almost 30 episodes of that me and kobe durst i do a conspiracy theory podcast but that's also available on youtube but you get the podcast version of it and the ability to be in the live audience for it uh and if you're in that meal tier and higher you get shout out on every single episode of the podcast, not just the credits in the, this, in the description. Easy for me to say. And with that, I would like to send a special thank you to Tommy Richardson, Jason Gimpy Mitchell, Rob Arbic, Uncle Bobby B, Morgan Thomas, Justin Zane, and Eric Thomas. Eric's my friend I worked at Cineplex with. Morgan is a fan from North Carolina. Uh, she's great. Even Mama Thomas. Mama Thomas is great. You get to see her in the Zoom events. But I'll get to the upcoming events before you get to listen to the chat with a very good person right after this. Do it no nighters, no days off, great hands and a little blow with us. I predict, I predict, I predict, I predict. Disturbing London got the whole city panicking. I've been Nostradamus this man. And yes, uh, before I get to the content that's coming up this week, where I'll be wrestling in the next little while, I'm filming something this weekend, but next weekend I will be in Edmonton, Alberta for Force Wrestling and Love Wrestling. Uh, this is my first flight as a person, not not just in wrestling, I'm fucking nervous and excited and I get to meet up with uh, my buddy Spencer Love and also a bunch of the patrons are coming up. The Acolytes of Albright, which is what the patrons call themselves, are invading Edmonton. It's going to be a great adventure. The following weekend, October 23rd, I will be in St. Catharines for Moonshine Branded Wrestling's ALS fundraiser. You'll hear Matt Terry talk about that. Uh, and on October 30th, I return to Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment, which is at the Battle Arts Training Facility in Mississauga, where I will be having a casket match against Johnny DeLuca. Me and him have had a uh, a little bit of a history. He has not beat me, so let's see how it goes in a casket match. On November 6th, I do return to Barry Wrestling, who they do have an event this weekend. October 9th, I will not be there. October 9th, yes. I won't be there, but please check it out if you're in the area. But I'll return to Barry Wrestling in November to wrestle Corey Stone again. I did sneak out a victory. It was just a roll-up. It wasn't definitive victory but he did attack me after the match so watch him versus uh, a little rising star Cor- oh, not Corbin that's his real name uh, Van Landon uh, in Barry and I'll return to face Corey Stone in November and then the weekend after that November 12th I will be in fucking Vancouver I never stepped foot on an airplane and by the by my birthday I which is in like six or seven weeks Join the Patreon to find out the debauchery that's going to happen November 23rd. But, uh, what's it called? I've never been on an airplane. I'm going to be on one twice by my birthday. It's kind of exciting. I'm, I'm nervous and excited. But on the free side for podcasting, on this feed, this is Brendan. You get Kobe Christ, Jeff Tyler Smith. The 100th episode is all the gas patrons. Matt Terry is on and PB Smooth are the podcasts of the week. 
IG Live returns next Tuesday, October 12th at 6.45pm. The Instagram Live is bi-weekly now. Uh, and coming up Zooms this Friday night, October 8th, we are having a game night to play a bunch of Jackbox games, fun times. And next week, October 11th, we have our Dark Side discussions Monday night. And Tuesday night, it's movie night. We're watching Scary Movie 2. I hope you guys all enjoy this. Remember, all the links are down below. Patreon, YouTube, my social medias. Uh, most importantly, patreon.com slash Brendan C. B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E, the letter C. At Holden Pro, at Brendan C. Brendan Caulfield, Holden Albright. All the links are down below. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, good evening, good night. Just have fun. I sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, either the emotional, spiritual, or financial support. It means so much to me. You have no idea, and I thank you. Uh, I hope you all stay safe, sane, healthy, and pursuing your own form of happiness. And enjoy this conversation. I predict an earthquake up in here. Say yeah. I predict an earthquake up in here. Cause we throw bombs on it, throw bombs on it. Just smash something. Yes, much for me. Hey, yes. If there was a business card, what would your like job titles or whatever be? So introduce yourself as this is my name and dot 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 dot. Um I'm Kobe Steele, uh, aka Kobe Christ, and I'm a professional fall down man and student <laughs> of accounting. <laughs> the fall down man and accounting student. Uh, but also you're not just a fall down man. You're teaching of fall down men, women, and uh non-binary people along the way. Uh so there's a lot. But uh before we get into this, and I I met you as a wrestler, I became friends with the with Kobe Steele. Uh we literally were talking for exactly an hour before pressing record, and only some of it was like real life stuff, and then the rest of it was like theories on wrestling and just different stuff about life. So uh for anyone that doesn't know like you in general, give them a backstory of your wrestling progression, especially like cuz you have a wild your like breakdown when you first started wrestling and then recently and the new promotion and school like you've done you have so many hats i want the whole hat rack um okay uh so <laughs> the first hat i had was a uh, 14 year old yarder um on cape breton island uh i first started training inside a wrestling ring wrestling every saturday uh, setting up and tearing down shows with a bunch of dudes who had no clue what they were doing. Um, and so that was my introduction into wrestling. And I did that for four years um, before I became an 18 year old and moved away to Windsor, Ontario. Um, I afforded my trip there by selling uh, some of my hockey card collection. Cause I'm an avid hockey card fan and mm. uh, big old hockey nerd um, sports nerd in general. Um, and so I sold off, Specifically, uh, one of five Patrick Waugh 1994 autographed remake card. Uh, sold that off for $450. It bought my Via Rail train ticket to Windsor. Um, oh, and sorry, uh, where did, because you're currently in Nova Scotia, where you, is, is that where you originally started from? 
Uh, so I'm from Cape Breton Island, okay. which is uh, the tip of Nova Scotia. There's an island up there, and I'm from the island. I'm from a small town uh, just outside of Sydney. I'm from South Bar. Ah. I was born on a small little farm and then grew up inside of the city. It's a little coal town, steel town. It's a beautiful little part of the part of the world, but uh, it, it's, it's it's got nothing there really for for wrestling or anything or industry anymore. So. Uh, we uh, moved on to uh, Windsor, Ontario at 18, and I found, like, Windsor's just like Cape Breton, just uh, in Ontario. It's an industrial town. It's dirty. It's uh, blue-collar, uh, tough people, um, real, real big alcoholics, uh, <laughs> big bar scene. And so, like, it kind of felt like a flat version of home. Mm. Um, and so I went to Can-Am uh, school. Um Showed up there in 2004, November of 2004. And I uh, spent a year and a half there training with uh, Johnny Devine, Johnny Bravo, CK3, Krimi. Um, uh, I was in the ring regularly with uh, Alex Shelley, with uh, Petey Williams, with Chris Sabin, uh, Gutter, uh, Phil, uh, a- a- Aiden, um, uh, uh, El Reverso, like I was, I was just there uh, every three days a week. I walked an hour to get there. And so, yeah, uh, how, that was, how did it feel that like, cause this is like the Genesis of around TNA starting at that time that like yeah. all these guys are like Michigan guys, Windsor guys of like starting to see them. And like those were, cause like now like Garcia is a dude that we both know and yep. all like People are losing their shit that he was on Dynamite last night from when we're recording. But we know Dan. Like, it's yeah. kind of, it's cool to see that. How did that feel during, like, the genesis of TNA with all of those guys of seeing them and people, the internet going, oh, my God, this is great? I mean, I I didn't have the internet. So <laughs> I uh, I had no idea that that wow. was a thing. I, uh, I so, 14-year-old me bought a PWI 500, went to my buddy's house who had the internet, and use LimeWire and Kazaa to put a bunch of, uh, you know, terrible viruses on their computer trying to download matches of people that yep. I saw on the PWI. LimeWire fucking destroyed many laptops for me. Buddy, it it destroyed my my buddy's mom's computer. Cheryl, I'm so sorry. I, thank you for being a good mom to me. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, so I didn't have the internet until I was like 24 for the first time. I would just go to people's houses and download matches so when I, uh, I was that kid that every Wednesday went to a buddy's house to watch the TNA pay-per-views. So every Wednesday I watched the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. saw the wrestlers, heard of four or five of them on a show that were all trained at the same school by the same man. And that's why I went to Can-Am ah. is I marked it. Like I'm a mark for wrestling. I'll like, I'm not, there's not a bunch of, like, I don't, I don't buy things. Cause I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, you're a minimalist. And, and, I'm an anti-capitalist, yeah. yeah. So like I I buy as little as I can, but bro, I watch it endlessly. Mm. And like I was that kid that if there was a school in Canada that was producing that talent of wrestlers, I was gonna go there and put myself against them because that's how I needed to learn. It wasn't I just needed to be in front of a crowd. It was I like I want to be the best that there's ever been. That's why we started Kaizen and why it's called Kaizen is there's betterment every day. I will never stop trying to be better than the person that I was yesterday. 
And so like, I'll never stop trying to be the best wrestler on planet earth. I'll never achieve that. It's unachievable, <laughs> but it's a goal that I have that I'll always plow forward toward. Um, yeah. After Can-Am, I became a bit of an alcoholic, um, spent a couple of years traveling around a bunch of farms. I, I hitchhiked a bunch. Um, I lived homeless for a few years in BC. Um, then uh, I was a folk musician for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I feel like you don't just become a folk musician. Like where does it, what, what was your <laughs> instrument of choice? I'm guessing a guitar. Uh, yeah. So when did you first pick up playing guitar? And when were you like, this is my, cause I consider it like busking. Cause I, I have a background <laughs> in magic. I know like there's, there's different levels to begging on the street versus like, I don't want to get a job. I can't get a job. I'm busking. Like there's all those things. So let's go down to music for a second. When did you first pick up an instrument? When did you enjoy it? And then when did you go, this is my hustle. Uh, so I never listened to music. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, so I'm, I spent most of my life never listening to music ever. How does Uh, that happen? I just, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a weird kid. Uh, like sports are my jam. Right. So like hockey net in Canada, bro, I'm there. Baseball. I'm there. Basketball. I'm fucking there. Live sporting events, bro. I'm there. Stats. I'm engrossed in them. Hours of just data mining. Mm-hmm. Passionate. The idea of doing that with music in the background is just weird to me. Oh, so, okay. Like, okay. Like, that, ma- that makes silence. sense. That makes sense. And so most of my life is just, dead silence like as a little kid just playing legos in dead silence um i was working at a cabinetry shop recently to make a few bucks in between months i was just doing cabinets and the dudes came in the back and were like do you want us to turn on the music i was like no that's okay he's like are you a psychopath and i was like i don't think so but i haven't murdered anyone yet (laughs) i just like my own thoughts a lot that's all um so like i never got into music System of a Down became my band of choice in high school because I love politics. And so a band that spoke about politics was pretty dope. Okay. Um, I became a bartender in Windsor for a period and a homeless guy gave me a bunch of CDs for a few beer. And in it was like the Weaker Thans, Decemberists, Joni Mitchell, M. Ward, uh, Bob Dylan, a bunch of stuff that I'm still a huge fan of to this day. And so kudos to that homeless dude for whatever that thing was that he gave. I don't know where he found it, but it was dope because it created all of my music choices to this day. I don't go out of my way to listen to music. So I was uh, all of my best friends in Cape Breton. Cape Breton is a music hotspot. Everyone in Cape Breton plays music. I didn't. All of my best friends are professional musicians. I just get drunk and hang out on their couch. Like that was, I was just, I was the wrestler. Like I was the dude who was a failed pro wrestler. That's all I was. I'm so envious of the fact of like, I, because other people are like, man, you're crazy for, I'm like, no, everyone has their own thing. Everyone's different. And I go, my thoughts, I listen to podcasts so much while I'm at work, just because I, I, I'll start overthinking about something and it's something that I can't change or like I'm stuck in this building that I can't go to the gym right now. I can't go to a wrestling ring in this moment. I can't wrestle the match I want to wrestle this Saturday if it's Tuesday. Like, So I am so envious 
of the fact that you could just be at one with your thoughts. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely found Nirvana inside of myself. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, you didn't find the band, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, no, no clue. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was, um, I was at wrestling school. Uh, I went back. I was 24. I was working at the bar, and I got jumped by a bunch of dudes on the dance floor. Uh, got my head stomped in, uh, real fucked up. It was a real bad concussion. And, uh, my mom asked me to leave wrestling. And so, uh, you know, I love my family. And so I left, um, I went and stayed on my buddy's couch up in London, Ontario, Adam Weiss and Andrew Gregg, uh, professional musicians. They got pissed that I was eating a bunch of food. And so they were like, yo, bro, uh, here's the guitar. Here's a few chords. You like singing. Uh, just go out on the street corner and fucking busk, make a few bucks and buy some food. Huh? And so that's literally how I first started playing music was being asked to go busk and make a few bucks so that I wasn't such a drag on the people that I was there with. Um, that's literally teaching a man to fish, like yeah. not just giving him a fish. Yeah. They're the best human beings. I like I'm Cape Breton Islands bees knees humans. Um, so like, yeah, I have my guitar here. I have another one in the other room. I still play. Um, it's I played folk music uh, across Canada, got recorded on an album, uh, played a bunch of shows up and through Cape Breton, made more money playing music than I ever made wrestling. Like, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, it's how I found out that I have rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, I was playing guitar a lot, and my hands would narrow and mm. wouldn't open back up. And I found out they were called monkey paw. And it's when you use your hands too much on like small little motions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I found out I had rheumatoid. And it's what made me get back to wrestling is I couldn't do folk music. And so I was like, well, I I guess I'll go back to the thing that I was originally doing for <laughs> art, my like original love in life. And uh, I got cleared medically for concussions. And that's how I ended up like five years ago starting as a, a pro wrestler is like starting my actual journey in wrestling. Uh, Cause I've only been wrestling as a professional now for like five years. And you, uh, cause when I talked to you originally, you did mention how you trained at Can-Am and then life happened. You took a side step from it and then you just cold messaged Demore going, are you cool if I wrestle? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, if I get uh, if I get cleaned up again, if I just go to a ring and uh, can show you that I'm not going to disappoint you, can I can I wrestle? Yeah, and more exact words were, if you don't embarrass me, then yeah. That's, that's <laughs> hey, that's a lot of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling in life. As long as you're not an embarrassment, people won't. People yeah. don't care too much. Man, I'm. Again, I know what Demore's uh, like limit is on embarrassment, and it's high. Like he, <laughs> he, he gets embarrassed by the littlest thing that yeah. you could fuck up on in wrestling. So, like, I know that at least I'm a competent wrestler. Mm-hmm. That he didn't just go, "Hey, kid, get rid of my name from yours." <laughs> like that's he doesn't have to. He didn't have to post on Twitter that I'm one of his kids. He didn't have to put me on the Can-Am website eventually. Like, he doesn't have to do those things for me. That's That means the world. Hey, those are, like, actual, like, 
in wrestling, a lot of accomplishments are because your name is underlined on a piece of paper. Those are accomplishments that are more meaningful because it there isn't a someone else is just eh, yeah this just makes sense for the night or for the storyline it is you er- it's something you earned instead of being given yep i dude i i walk into that dojo and i drop to the ground and i kiss the floor and i cry because it's it's still my church like it's <laughs> the place where i learned to do the greatest thing that i've ever done in my life my art form that i love so much i I like I Scott's still my like he's still sir you know like he'll never not be sir to me he's <laughs> above me forever he'll uh yeah he hugged me and he told me I was paper boy no longer that I became a man and like I bawled my fucking eyes out because I was the paper boy at school mm-hmm. so, like yeah wrestling's uh yeah, wrestling's still that that nerdy weird like honor to me you know yeah. like every time that allowed i'm allowed to step into a ring like that's a that's an honor that's one of the things of and i i constantly like retweet random things like recently it was john cena granting a make-a-wish uh on one of the recent smackdowns and it's wrestling is more than bell to bell and that's what people yeah. don't realize buddy it's the relationships built it is all those humans that you can interact with and like I love road trips because I get to meet a hundred. I, I get to know humans in a more intimate way than like most of my past relationships. One hundred percent. I don't spend nineteen hours sitting next to somebody in a relationship more often than not. I have to do it on a wrestling road trip, and I have to like you because if I don't, man, that's gonna suck. Yep. I have to get to know where we're equal and where we're the same. Mm. Fuck. That road trip, uh, the 35 days I did through the UK, like, bro, it's it's five days a week inside of a car with people, seven days a week you're with them inside of a house. Like, you better get to know how to be on the same level as each other. Otherwise, man. Uh, explain tri- that uh, UK trip, because uh, also, I, uh, I, not that moving it along, but going oh, to yeah. that... You brought up it was five years ago that you asked uh, for Demore. Are you okay if I'm still a wrestler? And then Kaizen's only two years old. That this is one of those things that even in my mind, I'm celebrating six years of my green light in November of what you did in that time. So, like, list all the shit that you did in those three years and before Kaizen started. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, started wrestling locally. Um, got, uh, into Ontario, into Quebec, down into Maine, into Connecticut, and, uh, got myself an international tour and then came home, started a promotion and then started my academy. Yeah. Uh, so what we're uh, actually put over <laughs> Limitless there for a second, because Limitless is one of the, they're. I don't want to say they're forgotten. They are a top independent in the U.S., but it is that a oh, little uh, little hat there. Uh, well, also Kaizen's sister promotion. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get involved? And also just for anyone who doesn't fully know about Limitless, fucking sing the praises and appreciation of them. Uh, so the best way that I could describe Limitless is they are uh, the Upper Northeast Pro Wrestling Gorilla with a really heavy edge toward comedy and stories. Mm -hmm. So 
the promoter, uh, Booker owner, Randy Carver, is a fucking savant is the only way that I can put it. Randy is only like uh, 23 or 24 now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He graduated high school and took his fucking grad money and booked his first show. (laughs) He is a fucking genius who sees things in people that other promoters don't. He puts them into situations for them to excel where other people didn't. He makes stars out of wrestlers that have been lost in Maine for 10 plus years. He, uh, he is a, he is my favorite fucking person. I think I've ever met in wrestling outside of like my little community in that, like Randy sits back, uh, Back, back row of every one of his shows and is the loudest fucking person. He is so happy to watch wrestling. I know how I do on a show based on Randy's response in behind the crowd. I know I can see my promoter's response. I see how joyous he is watching wrestling. I love how much he has. Um, there's like a community of misfit toys that surround mm-hmm. Randy and he finds ways of making their dreams come true and utilizing them properly where other people would have just been like, you can't do a 450? <laughs> you kid. He's just, he's so fucking beautiful. And like the dojo is awesome. I love sleeping at the dojo and doing the tapings the next day. Um, the wrestling is off the fucking hook talent also scaled up with people who are like Dougie Weiser. Look up Doug Weiser. You will fall in love with Doug Weiser, with Kirby Wackerman. Um, Like uh, these are character workers that are so fucking smart. I love watching their wrestling. And so I'm, I got down to limitless uh, through their feeder system. Let's wrestle. I wrestled a few shows for them. Uh, My first booking with them ever was a, a scramble match where Antoine Nichols did a shooting star, but landed on the top turnbuckle. Oh, that show. Yeah. And he fell out of the ring. I was the only wrestler that when they saw it, I went, Oh shit. He's supposed to win. I've got to run to him immediately right now. Otherwise the crowd's just going to fall. They're going to go. Oh, injury depression. And so I stood up and went, mine, 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 and ran around the ring, picked him up. Iggy, are you okay? He said, yes. I threw him in. I stepped through and was going to get him to give me the roll-up pin. Mm -hmm. Immediately, we could go home. He doesn't have to do any more work. He can't risk an injury. I look like the dumb heel. As soon as I broke curtain, Randy hugged me, and he went, you fucking saved the match. How long have you been wrestling? You're a vet. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> and the next four shows, he put me in with people with under five matches and expected me to shape their match, help them out, develop a new moveset for them, build a thing for them. Uh, and that that's what got me into Limitless. It's what got me my push through him. Uh, if the borders were open... Yeah. I'd be on every Limitless show right now, and it's once they're open back up, I'm back down there. And with Pro Wrestling Grind, which is uh, Rip Bison and Del Miexo's new promotion, uh, check that out, by the way, Pro Wrestling Grind. Um, they're all Japan Pro Wrestling basic uh, style from the 90s put over, like Pro Wrestling Noah put over into America. 
very, very fun looking promotion. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got in with Limitless. And again, I had a scramble match for my debut with Limitless with like Hornswoggle and <laughs> Ashley Vox and Channing Thomas, uh, 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 Leary. Um, just, I'm, yeah, I'm extremely fortunate for the, the potential to go down there and work for them because their show is just it's fucking stacked. And there's, I'm just some weird kid from Canada that gets to drive down there and get a chance to be surrounded by so many good wrestlers. How far is that from you? Because, like, literally, I do not understand maps in general. Yeah. But like, <laughs> when I'm going towards Ottawa and that fucking border crossing, I think it's for like Maryland or something, like, is like what, how far is it for you to get to Limitless? So our normal trip to Limitless is around 10 to 12 hours, depending on our border crossing. Yeah, so you're closer to Limitless than Toronto? Yeah, just about. Yeah, it's a, like a 14-hour drive for me to get to uh, to Quebec, Ottawa area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my Seaway Valley shows will be like a 14-hour drive. Uh, uh, our Connecticut shows, our Boston shows are a 19 to 20-hour yeah. I always forget that like it's on that side of New York. Just like Ontario alone, the fact that like Hamilton is more southern than Toronto when you go around Lake Ontario. Like I I thank God for Google Maps. I am very happy and appreciative that we do not need to print MapQuest. Bro, I'm so happy that I got into wrestling the past five years. Because <laughs> when I was first training, it was like it was dudes being like, So you need to buy maps. And I was like, What? And they're like, you have to have like a physical copy of a map. So when you go to the new region, you have to buy their regional map. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, how did people ever make shows? Bro, mind bent. That's where managers were real managers. Actually, like I, I always appreciated like managers taking care. But like, yeah. that is why you needed a good road guy. You needed a good this of like, there was wrestling is more than wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, that was back in the day where, like, you could ride in a car with a guy, not a great worker, but he did everything else you needed. And that was such a useful person to have on a uh, car ride with you because, man, who books hotels? That dude. Who gets the rental cars? That dude. Well, I was never it, that guy, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we, when I was talking earlier about, like, something that's, like, earned and shit, like, knowing about your place of, Hey, I trust you to wrestle these green guys and lead them and do that's something that it's not like, oh, I had banger of matches because I've been booked to have banger matches or I'm constantly in the main event. It's I'm put in this position and what's so funny is I I fallen in that position over like right before the pandemic and literally my first match in front of a crowd last weekend of wrestling someone's fourth match and it is I thought that it was just like, oh, to give them like the feeling of it, but it's like, oh no, it's to teach them. It's the apprenticeship after the undergrad. So yes, you're you are literally teaching them and molding them in what a professional is supposed to be and how this job can be done, mm-hmm. and that's I, dope, dude. I I love the fact that like the when we were talking, there was a lot of similarities, but now I'm just realizing like. I'm doing what you're doing just on like a three year like delay. Yeah, bro. You, I, 
I there's a reason I love you. Is I <laughs> like I I watch your stuff. I'm I'm a fan of watching you, not just like you as a human being, but like I love watching your work. I love seeing you grow and develop. I love watching you grow from uh like our first meetings at Lucha TO mm-hmm. when you're wearing a steel mask gimmick yeah. and like suicide diving onto Durst on fucking Josh Movado. And no, you- no, no. I, I dove on Movado's fucking duplicates. I ripped my pants body slamming Movado. <laughs> I, I love Movado. Duplicates. Movado so is good. the best. He's so good. Yes. I, from that you, like Riot Maker you, yeah. to completely understands who he is and goes out there and does his work you is so fucking good to watch it's wholesome it's beautiful it is exactly what westling is and it's cool like again it's that uh you can be proud of your friends yeah it's just like it's and again it's the cuteness of wrestling where it's like I don't know if I'd ever met you in the real world outside mm. of wrestling. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever gotten to know you. I don't know if I'd ever get to see your growth and development as a human. And wrestling allowed me that and allowed me to get to know a human being who's just is real beautiful. And that's <laughs> real dope to watch, like, I don't know, getting into your, your minivan and giving you a big hug. And I hadn't seen you in a couple of years. And it was like, I'm, I get to see you become a dope human. And like, you're so good. And that's, that's fucking cute. Uh, I I love that. Thank you so much. Like those are the, that's the thing that when people bring up like toxic masculinity or stuff like that, like that is like bro shit. That is just like, yes, like you're finding yourself, especially that age gap that we do have in the delay of just like, I, I always bring up that when I see like my coworkers or something of the only places that you can really find friends in the real world. It's, places you're forced to be together school workplaces like it's never a like yeah you can go play soccer but it's probably the people around the same age of you or you grew up with or a friend of a friend where wrestling is that random dude from here random dude from here random girl from there and we all come together because we love wrestling and we were always that one in a hundred people that liked it and now we love it so much that we're trying to learn how not to break our necks doing it and it is that like that's something that i appreciate all the time that we can meet so many different walks of life and you actually I, i'm i'm segueing this and i didn't mean to but like you as a trainer because you were talking about this before we started recording your trainees and that's why even earlier i said uh training boys girls and non-binary people of just like explain because wrestling used to be a boys club and yep. then even recently the women have been given opportunities but now because that not the threshold but like the barrier of entry of there is lack of it in a good way in a completely good way of explain some of the trainees that you have going on over in kaizen right now of like they're not the typical humans and it sounds wonderful yeah we just and also there is no typical humans there is no no normal i'm I'm very yeah uh no caveat necessary i get what you mean yeah um the the beauty of like uh so like I'm a uh, masculine queer, but like, so I'm uh, a very, uh, I'm, I'm very benefited by the fact that 
the people who come to me in my training school have been a reflection of the person that I am. And so I have a lot of uh, strong females, a lot of polyamorous people. I have non-binary. I have uh, trans trainees. I have uh, queer trainees. I have uh, straight hockey player trainees and like uh, military guys, truckers, like every walk of life. And they're all beautifully supportive of each other and it's this really cute culture that we built there where like you see somebody smash something and everyone applauds it everyone is so excited to watch somebody succeed and then immediately it's the that was dope but it's two to make it true if you don't do it twice you didn't fucking learn it and you watch everyone get hyped for the second version because you don't you don't learn it the first time it's two mm-hmm. to make it true okay i like that yeah you gotta have it locked in right so you show me that second time and everybody gives the, oh, waiting for the second one. And you see that hype in people. So like, I'm, yeah, I'm I, from like Justin and Peter, Justin's my tasty cakes at school. Uh, Peter's little evil, uh, Evangeline, big mama, uh, Justine, little cannonball, uh, Ian, the true psycho, like <laughs> um, uh, Joshua to Seth to uh, like, I'm, the school is just so fun for me to be at because like, I'm like, I was a creator wrestler kid. Like I played uh WrestleMania 2000 and no mercy and fire pro and original SmackDowns. And I had rosters of like 60 created wrestlers that had personalities and backgrounds <sighs> and gimmicks and move sets. So it's just really dope for me to have a bunch of humans where I get to be like, Oh my God, like Kimba the cat on our shows. That was my character when I was 15. <laughs> I wrote Astro. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with Astro Boy. Mm, and so okay. the original manga before Astro Boy, the same car- uh, creator of Astro Boy made Kimba the White Lion. Mm. And I was obsessed with it. I wanted to be a kitty cat wrestler. I'm not cat-like. I met Bogger and I was like, you are Kimba. That's who you are. He was nemesis at that point. And I was like, you're not the nemesis. You're a cat. You are being Kimba from now on. And so like, it's just fun for me to watch a bunch of people get to be like, uh, like watch. So like cannonball, for instance, little Justine, this cute little NB, uh, like non-binary, uh, female, male, whenever they're comfortable, they're so fucking beautiful and so interesting. And to watch them find a place where everyone refers to them as what they want to be, whenever they want to be it, that they get to be completely comfortable and dominant and masculine or feminine whenever they desire and get to express themselves. They became Cannonball and they're so fucking passionate about that nickname now. It is like who they are. It's dope to watch that happen to watch that human become who they are and uh like i don't know i'm just along for the ride like i show you how to fall down right i show you how to grab hold right i show you how to fist fight right i love shoot wrestling i love jujitsu so i show you how to actually fight somebody so that you can learn how to make it not a real fight yes but make it look like a real fight yeah i love that part of things the rest of it is just me sitting back going i don't know how this happened but I'm extremely blessed that all these beautiful people are here and are developing and are becoming more confident. I don't know how it works. I just, I show up and it works. 
like that is one of the great things of like because I did actually take some notes when we were chatting earlier just for because I wanna I want people to hear what we were talking about beforehand because there is some smaller things of there and something we talked about was about like morals and such and like for me personally I'm an atheist but like that just means. I can't kill someone. I I won't murder someone because a I'm gonna go to prison for it. B yeah. like I I see the legality of it, and then also like I I don't know if I could live with killing someone, but it's not because I'm trying to go past some pearly gates. So my morals are very much. Why am I not doing this? Oh, because of the consequences. But then also there's some stuff that isn't illegal, like cheating on a girlfriend or like doing something that makes someone feel less than but my rationale for that is when i go to sleep at night i don't want to have a bunch of regrets and especially regrets for allowing someone to feel less than of like if someone bullied them or they started believing i'm like no you are a worthy person that person's a piece of shit and oh you're afraid to tell them that well i'm 5 foot 11 280 pounds let's fucking go i think you're a disrespectful piece of shit and then they get angry and they (coughs) want to punch me and then i tell them you want to punch me in the face right now but you don't know if you can take my punch back which gets them even angrier and i'm like oh no i i will bully your bullies for you because that is like i have a little bit of darkness it's just where do i yeah. place it but you you brought up something that i always go back to of eddie kingston tried to retire a few years ago and his brother told him that his daughter, uh, Eddie Kingston's niece, looks up to him. And Eddie doesn't have any children of his own, but he is now wrestling for her of when his nieces, I think he might have a nephew also now, of they will look up to their uncle. And especially now that Eddie Kingston is killing it on AEW, he is doing what everyone that was a fan of him on the indies knew he could do, but he didn't believe in himself. Like he was working for other people. And you felt something under that slightly too, when you were talking about me or talking to me about it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I, my morality very similar to yours is uh, I'm also atheist. Um, my morality is certainly not defined by any sort of religion. I love religion for reading about uh, the history of law and why religion was created to <laughs> create law for humans. But yeah. uh, I have no belief in any religious system. So all of my morals are built based on my own, like you said, ability to sleep at night. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I wrestled for my family at this point. Like I have my little nieces. Uh, I have two four-year-old little nieces and a three-year-old little niece that are the world to me. Um, Sloan, who lives in town, comes to my training center and she loves wrestling. She went to Mexico and loves Lucha Libre. She's uh, she's a little like, uh, she has her own characters. She has Sloney Baloney, her baby face <laughs> character, and Black Claw, her heel character. <laughs> Um, she can switch between them. And so like, uh, yeah, like every, everything I do in wrestling is, is legacy. Like we spoke about yeah. is, uh, like when I, when I'm done in the world, not just in wrestling, I would like people to know that I was a, a good person, that I, I worked hard, that I, I had something to stand for, that I, uh, I left things better than when I showed up, that I, I wasn't just in it for myself, that I was in it for the people around me, that I wanted them to be happy and healthy and confident. Uh, 
And that's what I want for them is I love that my little four-year-old niece, like I show up at the house and she tells me things that I've never known before because she loves education and she's so smart. She loves working out. She loves sports. She has, there's no boundaries on who she's supposed to be. And that's dope. And I love that, that she's uh, yeah, this little four-year-old, like uh superwoman in the world. And I get to, uh, like I get, uh, I gain my strength through them. So I learned how to be a better dude, how to be a stronger person, how to uh, interact with the world better through my nieces. That that is fucking adorable. It, like every every word you said about it, just like fucking, uh, like it just got cuter and cuter. And I didn't think that it could. Uh, <laughs> But that that is because we talked about this before we got on of like legacy and reputation and I, I'm a big fan of the Hamilton musical and like I'll play that soundtrack and like it'll remind me and it's like sometimes you do kind of have to be an asshole but it's for the greater good and then especially like having a training school it's a purpose greater than yourself if you think uh, I need to leave wrestling better than I found it and you think that means you main eventing WrestleMania your goals are misaligned. What you're thinking and what you're doing is two different things. And it is that y- people think legacy is your accomplishments. It's the 16 time world champion. It's all of that where, especially in wrestling, that that just happens. It's out of your control most of the time. Yep. But what legacy and reputation actually is, it's how people talk about you after you're gone. And it is that, because you can't control that narrative. No matter how hard you want to, it's how it is and i just saw a quote where it's like every person you've ever met has a different perspective of you and a different idea of who you are and you yourself have a different opinion of yourself and none of those are ever the same because they're not always aligned and it's just this weird thing and i'm a big fan and i wanted this to be the title of the episode of having like little quotes or mantras to get you through and you brought up that your mom had one about your name like not your name personally, but your name being all that's left after you're gone. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's just a part of my family. Yeah. It's your, when you're dead, your name is the only thing that you ever have. So people will speak about you after you're dead. Your name's it. So it's not like, uh, I'm, I'm never going to be an architect. I'm never going to be a, a, an engineer. I'm never going to leave behind a huge building or a, a, a city for somebody to marvel upon. Uh, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not that person. So I don't have a, a, a thing that somebody can marvel upon and see the efforts of what I did in my life. They'll only know me by the stories that other people speak. And there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. There's going to be, uh, ill will toward or, or uh, people wanting the best. But like when I'm gone, all I want people to say is like, whether you liked me or you didn't, I, I was a hard worker. I was passionate and I gave everything for the people around me. And if I don't think even the people who hate me could ever say that those aren't who I am. And so that's what I'll work for forever is so that again, when I am gone from wrestling, when I'm gone from the world, I would like my little nieces to think, their uncle was a, uh, you know, a good hardworking person, a good person to this community and somebody who is selfless, not selfish because there's, like you said, a lot of people who their goal in wrestling is 
themselves. I have to, I have to be here. And so like, uh, I need wrestling. Wrestling doesn't need me. And like anything I get from wrestling is a gift. I totally am 100%, uh, uh, that same, my, especially like I got told, cause I got burnt out of wrestling like a year and a half into wrestling full time because I wrestled every single fucking weekend. I was at shows. Even if I wasn't wrestling, I wasn't sleeping. I legitimately was running on empty and I was told by my trainers uh, earlier on, I was told wrestling's a privilege, not a right, and it was to scare you that if you fucked up, you don't just get to be a wrestler. And then, which is fine because a lot of veterans don't take that advice that they rather give. But yep. uh, on the other side of it, I was told that no matter what, wrestling will always be there. And at that point in time, it wasn't a fear thing; it was take care of yourself. And when and you are the perfect example of that decade almost off, and then coming back, it's like. Wrestling will evolve, but as long as you're not stuck in this 1980s style and 1970s and wrestling shit now, it's like it will always be there and it is a good calming place. And use it to benefit you, but you're not going to be greater than it. Yeah, wrestling will always be a thing whether you're there or not. You're just along for a ride. You get to enjoy the fact that that art form... It's like, I'm trying to imagine that, like, I don't know... As a musician, you're all going to have a, a, uh, an impact on the lexicon of music as a thing. How astronomically asinine and shitty of you to imagine that that's where you need to be. You should just want to do your art the best that you could ever do it. And by doing it the best that you could ever do it, maybe, maybe just maybe somebody will remember your name. Mm-hmm. That's the goal is if it's never... Uh, yeah, even even as a kid who went away to wrestling school, to make the Fed was never my goal. Like, I loved the Hardy Boys when I was fourteen, but I didn't want to be in their position. I just wanted to wrestle. If I fuck, if I have one match on TNA in my life, like I've lived the goal of fourteen-year-old Kobe. Like, I the fact I have a PWI five hundred with my name in it, and I bawled my fucking eyes out over that. It's a Mark Mag. Yeah, I lost my mind over the fact that some Mark Mag listed me in the top 500 on planet Earth. Like 14 year old me would lose his shit over that moment. And so that matters because I'm still I'm a 35 year old who's still 14. Like I'm I'm still that nerd. Dude, that is literally uh, I want to do a part two in person, but uh what's it called like that literally is it's all stuff that i've said to people and i felt crazy like i not wanting to go to wwe i was at training schools where we're doing warm-up drills and it's very cult atmosphere of where do you want to go wwe how are you gonna get there working harder and i'm looking at everyone and being a dude that's like into the occult and fucking murderers and shit i'm like i'm like this is fucking groupthink. Like, this isn't yes. right. I'm looking around. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Why? I felt like Mr. Mugatu and fucking Zoolander. I'm just like, is everyone yes. on crazy pills? Uh, great <laughs> reference. <laughs> I, it is those little things of, I thought I was a strange one because I loved wrestling so much. I just wanted to have a wrestling match. And now, like, and this is also something that me and you, because I'm sure you being a positive, uh, 
uh, positive force of yourself, you have gotten DMs from random fans or especially like parents and just like thanking you of, you don't know, because once again, I saw another quote that was, say what you're going to say at a funeral to the person's face before they're dead. And it's one of the things of, me and you have the ability that if someone messages us for a booking, we go, this is our rate. So we can put worth on ourselves that isn't minimum wage or whatever the hourly rate for the job is. We have that. And it's scary as fuck to say I'm worth this much money, but then you have to work that hard to feel that way. And we also get those DMs and we see like little children that are... the. My character is a fucking serial killer and not a horror movie. Like it's based off of spree and real fucking murderers. It's not Jason. It's not Freddy. It's based off. And there's little children wearing wolf masks and like fucking into it. And they love it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And just like, it's the experience that you give them and they enjoy it. And they see the real person. Like I posted a photo of me with my, every time I win a championship, I take a photo of my Nana with that belt. And like, those are things like, I thought it, not that it's like funny. I thought it's cool that I wanted to show this to my Nana. And then it became the, Oh, it's an old woman with a championship belt. That looks cute. And then that became a thing that's like, oh, shit. So, like, there's some personal stuff I want to talk about. But, like, the fact that, like, you're literally saying stuff that I've said to people and I felt fucking crazy about saying it to people. <laughs> uh, but I we need to talk about you being a hockey nerd next time in person. I don't want to take up much more of your time. And there's actually something I want to talk to you off air about. But, uh Dude, this conversation has been great. This this is the quintessential, like, this is going to be my episode 101 of, like, if your child is chasing a dream or if your life is, like, kicking you down, you just need to figure out what you want. And it's not a, I want millions of dollars. It's, I want to do this and fucking do it. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm so blessed. So I'll, I'll tell you, everyone needs a Baba Jow. My older sister, Alicia, is my Baba Jow. Baba Jow is our, our language that we speak with each other. It's a okay. language we created when we were kids. But she's she's my Baba Jow. She's my big Baba Jow. Oh. Everyone needs a human like her. When I told my mom I was going to go away to wrestling school and not law school, my mom lost her shit. My sister, Alicia, is who appeased my mom's mind. When I moved away to wrestling school and couldn't afford wrestling if, immediately, Alicia moved from BC to Windsor and paid for my wrestling school. She paid the down payment to get me into school because she believed in my dreams. When I was homeless, she housed me. When I had no dreams, she told me and inflated me and made me believe in myself again. For everyone that has that dream, be a Baba Jow for them. Everyone out there, just be a Baba Jow. Uh a, I need to figure out how to spell that so I can put it in the uh, notes. Uh, how would you spell that? B a b a j o w Baba Jow. B a b a j. Sorry. O w. O w. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> that is, but that's the thing that unfortunately and that's where i look at appreciation and being grateful for stuff like i'm also appreciative of all the shitty people i've met all the shitty circumstances i've been in i'm grateful for the stuff that i've learned of not giving up and 
one out of ten people are good, and they see nine other people, and they fall into the trap of everyone's like this, but then all you have to do is close that door, look at the rest of the party, and realize there's 90 people that are also good. Yes, sir. And I'm help be appreciative of the bad people who did good things. Hmm. Even people who are bad to me that have done good things for me, I'm appreciative of those good things and those good moments that we had together. So even the people who I may not like, I'm forever appreciative of the good things that we had together. I love that. And because this will be going up in a couple weeks, give your plugs, your personal plugs, the Kaizen plugs, and also the double shot coming up later this month. Yeah. Um, so uh, check out the Kaizen Academy. Check out all the students that are coming out of it. Uh, Mia Malik, Sam Shields, uh, Justin Moyer, uh, Peter McDade. Uh, check out all the new students who are going to be coming out. Uh, check out Kaizen Pro Wrestling on IWTV. Um, big plug to Chip Chambers. Crazy man. Um, we've got a double shot coming up August 21st in Bedford, uh, two to four. We've got an all ages, uh, seven to nine 30. We've got an, uh, 19 plus. And then September 4th, we have our anniversary show and we've got a bunch of other dates that are coming up soon because Holy crap. Are things exploding way faster than I expected them to post COVID. Uh, Apparently, people like our production and like Kaizen as a thing, and that's pretty dope. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, check out the kids. Check out all the kids that come out of the academy. Uh, yeah, just check out the kids. That's that's my big plug. Bro, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, wait a minute. You did mention a song earlier before we... Uh, and I do have a song, that, and I know you mentioned you don't listen to very much music, but I, I, I normally ask a question, and you actually answered the question before we recorded... If there's one song that if you feel down or you need motivation or you think's your theme song for life, what is it? And uh, I wonder if it's going to be the same song you mentioned. Uh, so, uh, whew, uh, one song for motivation. Uh, man, I don't get motivated. So I, I don't really have a song for motivation. But M. Ward's Requiem would be the song that I want played at my funeral because I think it best describes who I would like to be remembered as and who I would like to be as a man. Um I don't. I don't really listen to music for motivation, though. It, it's uh, it's mostly a song. Clip. Oh, dude! I am a uh, <laughs> give me a bunch of Stone Cold promo videos or uh, hype packages in the early two thousands. That's what gets me. My way or the highway, I guess. Uh, WrestleMania X Seven. You know, <laughs> uh, give me that highlight package. Uh, uh, my sacrifice still makes me cry. Uh, dude, I'm not a religious, but fucking Creed's a great brand. Uh, great band. Uh, Finger Elevens. Uh, <laughs> uh traded it all uh bro i i still listen to that and have my tears run down my face going i did trade it all away for one thing you know like that's yeah so like i don't know i I relate i relate to all of that but the m word song was the one that i was i normally other people don't really but it is a song that baby yes Yes. (laughs) of course you're a sports guy He stormed with his feet And he clapped with his hands He summoned all of his joy when he laughed It suffered all of his joy when he cried And sometimes when he got into talking Man, 
could rattle on and on He was a good man and now he's gone Well in war he was a tiger When it was over like a dove He summoned all of his strength and declined It suffered all of his strength in the fall Sometimes when he got into fighting Man, he could fight with you all day long He was a good man and now he's gone He put his trust in a high 